Thank you to Exploding Kins for helping make this episode possible. Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to Dice and Card, the ultimate board and card game podcast for all your love of game needs. On today's installment, we will be talking about uh, the wacky and fun game, A Game of Cat and Mouth. Not to be confused with the game of cat and mouse, which is an expression. Uh, this is the second episode, and I'm thrilled to be back. In the previous episode, we learned about the Red Dragon Inn, which is a more traditional style card game. This game is not like that, quite honestly, but we'll get to that in a bit. As usual, we will start off with all our housekeeping stuff, and then we'll get into the game. So, most importantly, is who is this man speaking to? Hello, I'm Gavin. And I'll be your host and resonant board and card game junkie. I'm on a quest to make the ultimate board and card game collection, which is what has brought me into doing this podcast. You may have also heard me through the other things I do. I run two other podcasts that you should be able to see on whatever platform you are currently listening to this one on. This uh, podcast is actually on less services than the other two, just because it's newer, hasn't gone that outreach yet. So if you're listening to this one, I can almost guarantee that you should be able to find the other two. Speaking of, one is called the Skywalk Podcast, where I use my astrophysics background to make an audience uh, to make my take my audience. Wow, I can't speak today. To take my audience on a journey through the galaxy and talk about the deep space objects and more specifically, I'm going through each one of the Messier objects right now, while taking the time to get some astrology episodes in on the constellations. The other is called the Hot Cocoa Chats podcast, where I run script-free with a guest, and we just chit-chat about whatever we want. It's bonkers, it's calming, and the previous episode was my first special guest starring Brad Buell, who you may know does YouTube and other things. I also run my own mostly gaming YouTube channel called Zombified, that's Z-O-M-B-E-F-I-E-D, for those that need the spelling, where I will be posting the accompanying video playthrough to these games, once that is set up and I'm able to get that going. Also, I have accompanying social media accounts to everything, actually, except for the Hot Cocoa Chats podcast. That one doesn't have any social media, but I might set that up soon, so stay tuned. But besides that, everything else has their own social medias, including, like, even, I even have a TikTok. All right, that's enough about me. If you want to learn more about me personally or the things that I do, you can always go check out those other things that I do. And especially uh, the YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff in the Hot Cocoa Chats. Those are where I get a lot more personal. The Skywalk Pod is going to be personal for all the uh, astronomy and physics side of my life. But besides that, I don't get too personal on that one. But just something to note that you should go check out the other stuff especially if you want to know me on a more personal level or tweet at me or something. So what is this podcast? It's only the second episode, so I'll run through everything again. So how exactly does this podcast work? How is it going to run? So in Dyson Card, I would take each episode to describe and walk you through a game that has been chosen. As of right now, it will be either some sort of card or board game. Maybe I'll expand in the future, but I'm not sure. I will talk about the description of the game, the company behind it, and how it is played out. And then finally, we'll wrap up with my thoughts on the game. Since I will have played through at least one round or game of the game prior to recording the episode. So along with the episodes, make sure to follow along on Twitter at Dice and Cards Pod, where I will be posting images with the episode as well as other updates and whatnot. So I there's not visuals because it's just a podcast. It's an audio only podcast, but I will be posting 
like a little a little one frame uh, collage of all the graphics that you will need for the game. And actually, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I there should be the graphics up now just going uh, static across on the screen. All right. I think that should give everyone a nice little overview on how things are going to be played out and gives a nice little base for us to go off of. And without further ado, let's talk about a game of cat and mouth. So, who made the game? The game is made by Exploding Kittens, which I, I know the name may sound like the most disturbing TV show plot that you've ever heard of, but it is luckily not that because I would not want to watch that. It's the name of a games company. Exploding Kittens was founded in 2015 by e Elon, Elan, Elon Lee. I'm really bad at pronunciations and you guys will find that out. Elon Lee and Matthew Inman. This episode, I'm going to try something a little different and I'm going to try talking about the founders a little more in depth than I did last time. So in short, uh, Elon Lee is, has a pretty decent resume if that's, you know, just how we're going to word it because he started off at Industrial Light and Magic as a character designer, notably working on a little film called Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, he would, hopefully you guys know Star Wars, please tell me you do, um, but also hopefully you don't know The Phantom Menace because, man, that was such a bad movie. That was such a bad movie. But, I mean, graphically it was great, but, it, oh my god, Jar Jar Binks, really? Anyways, we're not getting into Star Wars. Um, anyways, after that, he was hired by Microsoft as a lead game designer. Um, I'm just going to consider this guy basically the one of the founding fathers of ARGs, or alternate reality games. And I have a little description here, because I know ARGs are not necessarily something that everybody knows. Uh, so they're an interactive network narrative that uses the real world as a platform and employs transmedia storytelling to deliver a story that may be altered by players, ideas, and actions. Now that is a whole lot of jargon for basically think of it as the video game version of a choose your own adventure book. So no, every decision that you make, everything that you do changes how the story evolves and changes the outcome at the end of the game. That's a kind of a really cool idea. And I know it's been adapted into so much media nowadays. He was executive producer and lead designer for The Beast, one of the world's first ARGs. In 2003, he co-founded 42 Entertainment for the purpose of creating more ARGs. ARG, why do I keep saying that? ARGs. A notable one is I Like Bees that was used to uh, promote Halo 2. Yeah, so he, you know, he's done a couple things. Uh, he later co-founded another company called EDOC Laundry, again for creating ARGs, but this time as clothes for the main focus. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's like talking about like going into pockets of clothes and stuff and finding clues. I don't really know, but you know, laundry. Uh, he then created Fourth Wall Studios that created the Emmy Award winning series Dirty Work. That's a TV show that used like audience interaction stuff like that and like using the internet for people to help change what happens it was it's apparently really cool he then returned to microsoft as chief design officer for xbox entertainment studios right after the xbox one launched in 2013 
but he left soon after in 2014 to create a new company, a, another tech company, uh, getting as far as creating a prototype and actually getting funding for it, but it never ended up coming to light. Because finally, in 2015, Elon Lee joined up with Matthew Inman from The Oatmeal and Shane Small to create a card game called Exploding Kittens. And so that's a lot about Elon Lee. And then our next co-founder is Matthew Inman, uh, the creator of The Oatmeal, which is like, it's a website, comics, a blog, books. It's basically a little bit of everything. And by the looks of it, he's looking at some of the comics and visuals on the oatmeal. It seems like Exploding Kittens and that whole company and universe basically used his physical like visuals. He seemed like that, like the artist, I guess, of the, the group. But I could be wrong, but just it seemed like it was his characters that really brought like were put into the games. It's the same same style of drawings. And our last co-founder is Shane Small. He's labeled as an executive creative director, futurist, and filmmaker. But quite honestly, he's done a million things. So I'm just gonna go over a, f a few of them. But if you want the full list, he actually has his own website and where he it's very easy to follow along. He just lists everything that he does and has a little description of what he did and his title and all that stuff. It was actually, it's very well done. So. He worked with the app Snapchat on their Snapchat originals and AR capabilities. He was the creator of the Hulu anthology series, The House. He worked with Netflix on its interactive content, if you guys remember that, which sort of kind of felt ARG-like, where you could you select things that happen and then it's actually real people acting it out, but there's different a million different scenes that you can go through. Um, so he helped with that. And he was the creator of the Twilight Zone interactive series. So he's also done a lot with interactive audience, all that kind of stuff. All right, and so I get that I didn't really go into that much depth with the last two guys. And like, I didn't give them as much justice as the first guy, but I will just premise uh, that you should go check out all of them, especially actually, I didn't talk about the oatmeal as much because I didn't really know how to describe it. Because it's it, it really is just like it's a website blog comic like those, I feel like those are kind of the main things and so the, that it's all visual so you guys should definitely go check it out it's really cool and funny all that kind of stuff I I browsed it for a little while so definitely go check out the oatmeal uh, which you can just literally it, it it's the first search result on Google I believe um, but also I will premise that I grew up do, playing video games in that kind of the video game world so that's why i'm more more in tune to elon lee and the things that he did especially because i'm an xbox person so hearing all the stuff he did with microsoft halo all that kind of stuff and i could connect with it more than i could with the other stuff so i just wanted to preface why i talked about him a little bit more and also i quite honestly matthew inman the oatmeal creator i like i was interested but I, it was very hard to find information so I, I tried my best, but I just wanted to explain because you guys might have caught on to the, the difference of length of the descriptions of the people. But at the end of the day, they're all very intelligent people, very creative people, and very forward-thinking people. And that's the big thing that matters. All three of them are very, very unique and intelligent people. And so like I said, 
Exploding Kittens was founded in 2015 as a Kickstarter campaign with the goal of raising $10,000. So if you don't know Kickstarter, basically it's a crowdfunding type of website. You post whatever you want to do. There's games, there's apps, there's literally anything you can think of that people are trying to fundraise for and people can uh, can back you. They're called backers. And basically you donate money to support them. And then usually there are different tiers of how much money you can put in. And that in translate gives you more exclusive content, little like little uh, goals and achievements that you can um, that are usually physical things that uh, the backers will receive. And so their goal was $10,000 to create this uh, card game, Exploding Kittens. And after just 30 days and a, an incredible 219,000 backers, they actually raised $8.7 million. So not bad for a 10,000K goal. And just for a frame of reference, a like simple calculation, that's uh, 870 times what they wanted, what their goal was. And so even today, they are the number one most backed Kickstarter project ever uh, and has sold over 11 million games. So that's impressive to still be holding that title after what, like six years? Incredible, because Kickstarter has become a more popular thing. But I guess this is what happens when you put a few smart people and forward thinking people together, right? And so Exploding Kittens has a mission that goes as to inspire people to connect, laugh, and play fun games in the physical world. That's a very sweet and amazing mission statement, quite honestly. They definitely fulfill on those promises though. They were an instant hit and continue to pull through with great games. Currently they have over, over a dozen games and expansions, including but not limited to Exploding Kittens, Bears vs. Babies, You've Got Crabs, and Throw Throw Burrito. And just as a little teaser for you guys here, one of those games listed is actually going to be the next episode. So you guys can try to guess which one it is that we're going to be doing next. All right, so there's our history. Now let's go on to the game. I know you guys have been waiting for it, so here we go. A game of cat and mouth is a two to apparently five player game. Um, and I like, how do you even describe it? But also two to five players. That's what it says on their website, I believe. And, but I, I don't understand that because it's really just like a two player game. And it even like says on the box that it's a two player game. So I don't know where the two to five comes from, but maybe they're referring to if you like want to do a tournament style play or something like that. But anyways, two, uh, I'm just going to focus on a two player game. It's. So how do I describe it? It's basically like the funkiest version of mini table tennis there is. I, I don't know how it's to describe it, uh, but everything for the game is self-contained and then it folds up into like a little kind of briefcase style carrying box. I, you know what? I'm just going to resort to their definition for this one because I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen anything like this. So Exploding Kittens describes the game as follows, quote, a game of cat and mouth is all about fast flinging and quick thinking with a touch of precision. In Exploding Kittens, first two-player game, the first player to land all of the balls of one color onto the opponent's side wins. It's like air hockey, but instead of air and hockey, it's cats and rainbows. It's cutthroat multiplayer pinball. End quote. 
So I do appreciate the reference to air hockey, given that I grew up and played uh, hockey for 15 years of my life. But I, I mean, it, it, they they really did find the only way to describe it. Quite honestly, I don't know how I would talk. I don't know if pinball is the right word. I think it's more of like a table tennis style, but you know what? A pinball works, sure. Okay, and also I want to note that there is a little bullet point off to the side on their website that says, quote, quote, it's the hungry, hungry hippos of our generation, quote, uh, quoted by a millennial, end quote. So they, like, they, they put this quote from somebody and just labeled them as a millennial. That's just the weirdest thing. Like, I... I, I love how just wacky they are, but like a millennial. Anyways, that I just think that's a great quote. Uh, let's stick more on the website for just a second. So if you scroll down a little bit more, they have GIFs or GIFs, however you want to say it, I'll say it both ways so that we don't fight over it, um, of each step of the setup and playing the game. And I, I swear, guys, I can't make this up. It's a It's a bunch of people wearing pink and blue morph suits. So if you guys don't know what morph suits are, those are those full body, like, I don't know if it's latex or plastic, like, body suits that are usually one color. They were super popular in, I think, the early 2010s. And, like, I know there was a couple Halloweens where that was just, like, all anybody ever wore were those morph, morph suits. But it's literally people wearing those morph suits and playing the game and stuff and just acting weird. It, it's, I don't know. How can you not love this company, guys? It, they're just, they're so weird and great. I love it. Um, but you have to go check out the game. Even if it's not, like, to immediately go buy it, you just have to experience these guys. Um, but all right, all right, here we go. Let's get into the game itself. I've talked a lot about the website and how wacky it is. Let's get into the game. And so for this, like I said before, I'm going to assume that it's a two, you're playing a two-player game. So, usually, I would say get everything set up and ready for action, but luckily, it's all self-contained in this carrying case of a box. Um, but anyways, we do want to unfold the box, uh, open it up, whatever, so we can see inside. You should see a bunch of things wrapped up, wrapped up or in bags or loose in the box, and that's good. The only other thing you should see is a single paper. Yes, literally everything written-wise that you will need is just on one sheet instead of a booklet, so that's a little nice touch that I want to talk about. So the first step is to get the large cat head and slide it into the slot in the center of the board. It's the largest thing in the box, so it should be very obvious to see. And the pegs that it goes into, peg and holes, uh, they, it's, you can put it either way. So very straightforward. Get the giant, it's a, it's a white cat head and put it in the center of the table into the little slots. Step two is to insert the black colored walls around the board. There are six of them and uh, they are clearly labeled as to where they go. And in case you get confused on any of these steps, they have all these steps actually have pictures along with them on that paper. So it's very easy to follow along. But yeah, like at the bottom of it, it would say, here's, here's an example, say back wall or here's another example, side wall. So very easy to follow along. Next, insert the black ball into the center nose spot of the cat head. Also put three white balls in the open mouth of the cat head, the, like on the bottom, because obviously you can't stick it to the top because gravity. Uh, so there are two little teeth sticking up on the bottom of the mouth. And so there's 
the balls go in the three open slots, if that makes sense. Uh, there are slight divots in the spots that they should go in, and all the four balls that we just noted uh, should freely stay in place. You shouldn't have to like do anything weird, tape them in, anything like that. They should just, you put it and it stays. Then put four yellow balls loosely on either side. So to recap, four ball on one end, one black ball in the nose, three white balls as the teeth below the black ball, and then four yellow balls on the other side, just loosely again. If you see extras, yes there are, don't be confused, leave them in the bag just off to the side. I know it startled me at first too, I thought I did something wrong, you're fine, take a breath, you're good. The next step is to install what will be little catapults for us. Uh, there will be a pink and blue cat paw that have hollow palms to them. On either side of the game board, there are circles with either a blue paw print or a pink paw print in it. So blue paw on blue side and pink paw on pink side. As soon as you get close to putting them on those circle with the paw prints on it, uh, you should feel a snap since they're really good strong magnets in both the print and the actual paw. Um, and make sure that the open slot is facing the cat head. So like, I have it next to me. So try to listen to see if you can hear the snap. Oh yeah, you guys definitely heard that like. And then like if I go to if I go to grab it and pull it off, if I'm just using like two fingers to try to pull it off the board, it actually lifts up the board. So it's very strong magnets. Which is very good. So don't be don't be shocked when it, the board seems to try to grab the cat paw from you. Lastly, the eyes of the cat head are actually the score counters. So just turn both of them to show zero. You will notice that when you turn uh, one of the eyes on your side, it will also turn the same eye on the other side for like on your opponent. So on your side, on the say it will be the left eye says enemy, the right eye says you. You turn that you turn the enemy to zero on their side. It says you, and then it turns to zero. Uh, I think that's the best way I can describe it. But it's very cool. So just little subtle luxuries, you know, of the game. So as you're going, both people don't have to go and turn their counters. Only one person has to turn one and it actually turns both sides. So just kind of nice. And so that's it. Easy as that. Congrats, you're ready to play. You guys already set it up. Very good job. I will recommend, though, right now to practice how to flick the balls and turning the score eyes. Uh, trust me, it really helps because it's a weird feeling at first to try to launch the balls and stuff out of the cat paw. At least for me, uh, it was the first time ever using a catapult or slingshot that didn't have, that was magnets. Like every time I've ever used anything like that, that kind of slingshot something, it's always either springs or elastics. So using magnets was a weird concept for me. Um, but don't worry, the front of the cat paw is perfectly fine to come off the ground. Uh, play around and test it out a bit. So I'll actually, I'll, again, you guys can can hear it here, but you just like lift it back a bit. The front will come off the ground. That's how it works, but you should, it'll still be stuck. You can hear that. I'm actually lowering, like I'm bending it backwards or pulling it backwards as far to actually hit the bottom of the backboard. And so that is good. It's actually still stuck to the board because of how strong the magnets are. And then you let go. And it just snaps right back up into place. So 
just get a hang of it see how strong it is because you actually you can full-on clear the cat head just straight over it's very powerful all right so how does the game go because this game doesn't really have traditional like turns like a normal card game or something um, when you guys are set up and ready to play stand behind your side and get ready my recommendation is have somebody count down from three go three two one go and then on go everyone goes you don't have to start it like that but you know just anything that you guys can mutually agree that when this happens that means we're both starting the game pick up any of the yellow balls that are on your side uh, put it into the open slot in the front of the paw, pull it back, release, and watch the result. Uh, this is where the practice comes in handy that I mentioned uh, just a second ago. And also, I only specify the yellow balls in this case because that's the only thing that's at your side when you start the game. Because remember, the white balls and the black ball are in the center. So the yellow, sides, the, the yellow balls are the only thing on your actual sides. Um, but you are actually allowed to flake any of the yellow or white balls once the game gets going. And remember, there are no turns, so go as fast as you can. Since that's it, that's all there is to the turn section, quite honestly, guys. But I will mention one more thing. If the ball flies off the board, which is inevitable, then you're supposed to yell pause, which sounds normal. But what you guys don't get, because you're just listening to my words, is that the spelling is actually P-A-W-S, as in cat, like pause, cat pause, get it? Eh, eh, cat, pause, eh? Oh, anyways. So yell pause, and then everyone stops, the person retrieves the ball, and then puts it back on the side that it exited, count back down to three, then resume. This time it actually does say to count back down from three, so sorry guys, you're out of luck if you had some other way of starting the game. Alright, so we're back to the wonderful section of how to uh, win the game. It's actually a very straightforward game. Get all of one color of ball onto the opponent's side of the board. So that means one of three things. Also, I will note that they spelt it C-O-L-O-R, which is the wrong spelling. Get my little Canadian-isms in there. There's supposed to be a U. Anyways, uh, so get all the, all the color, all the balls of one color onto another side. Wow, that was a tongue twister apparently. So that means one of three things. One, hit the black ball that's in the nose spot onto the opponent's side. And that's it. So there's only one black ball. So if you knock it into the other side, the game's the round's over. And so this is why technically you can't actually launch the black ball because as soon as it's like dislodged, the game's over, you know? So you don't actually get a chance to shoot the black ball. Two, hit or launch, uh, because you can launch any white or yellow ball, uh, hit and launch any of the white balls onto any of the three white balls onto the opponent's side. So remember, the three white balls are in the teeth, so they don't start on any side, so that's why you either hit it onto the other side, or when, when they're in play, uh, you can launch them over to the other side. You're not stuck with it if it's on your side. So hitting, so getting all three of the white balls, and then finally three, just as before, get all the yellow balls onto the side. So there's actually eight total balls, remember four on each side when the game starts. So if you manage to get all eight balls to the other side, the round's over as well. So you don't even have to necessarily hit any of the white or black balls. Sometimes it's just how it goes, but there's a chance that you just manage to launch all the yellow balls right over top of them, and then that's it. And so if you win a round uh, by one of these three ways, then play stops, change the scoreboard eyes accordingly, reset the balls back to where they should be, as we mentioned before in the setup phase, 
Start the next round just like before. The game goes to five, so whoever wins five rounds wins the entire game. Uh, go celebrate by getting a bunch of balls and a new cat from the store. Not necessarily in that order, and I guess legally I'm going to say, don't listen to me, it was a joke. You have control of your life however you deem fits. You don't, or you aren't forced to go buy a cat or balls. But I mean, a new cat could be fun, and that's coming from a dog person. Anyways, there you guys go. There's the history lesson and game walkthrough. And you know what? It's time for the best part. My review. So I ended up playing a few games of this in a row. It was fun. I liked it. I don't know quite honestly if I could play like a dozen of these games in a row with a single person. Um, but they actually there are suggestions by them on how to set up how to set up tournaments, which are cool. And who knows, maybe you guys start creating some house rules or a drinking game to go along with it to spice it up every once in a while, you know? It's not a super long game either, which is nice. It's maybe a good 15, 20 minutes, all depending on how good you guys are and how long in between rounds it takes for you guys to like set up and start going again, if you chit chat, whatever. But overall, it's a good, solid, fun game. It is such an easy game to set up, guys. Like, I, I know... The setup section was longer because I explained things, but quite honestly, like it's it's like four things that you do and that's it. Um, so I'm very surprised about that, as well as how self-contained the whole thing is. I know I mentioned it a couple times, but I love it. It like it makes it so easy for storage and transportation. Just everything goes inside the box, bam, done. As is with all games by Exploding Kittens, it is very cartoony and fun and visually appealing. Uh, while it is a little jarring to figure out how the mechanism actually works of launching it, because remember it's magnets, um, I eventually got uh, got it wired in. The person I was playing with uh, also took a little bit longer than me, like maybe another round or two to try to figure out like the style and how they were going to go about launching it, uh, but still not long at all. Once we both figured it out, it actually got really competitive going back and forth, uh, like trying to be faster than the other person. Because if, if there is one person that gets it, one person that doesn't, the person that gets it will win just because that's the nature of the game. But if both of you guys get it, it gets so back and forth where it's literally like, can you launch them faster onto the other side and not make a mistake before the other person can do the exact same? It's so great. And so it's a really good game to get your quick fix of like a good competitive nature side out of you. Um, and due to the nature of the game, it's very interactive, obviously. So it's a good way to get you up and moving, you know, like physically more active than just a typical card or board game, which is always a benefit. Uh, if and Especially when you get really competitive, it gets your heart rate up. It's great. If there is a downside that I have to find, though, it would be that due to the nature of the game, you need a decent length flat surface of for the board to actually go on because you want it. You don't want it to be slanted or anything like that because it changes how the how everything works. But again, that's like if I have to find a negative side to an otherwise very good game. And you know, it's the little things that make a game that extra that like that goes up that extra tier in your mind. You know, having very simple and easy to read instructions with pictures, having the rules be simply on one piece of plasticky paper not regular paper it's like a more plasticky and i don't want to say laminated but you know plasticky piece of paper so it's not intimidating it can't get damaged by water and ends up having a like good decent sized writing because it's the 
it's basically the size of the one of the square sides of the board so it's like a good size too and easy to read and for the love of all things that are good giving you spare parts oh my god how hard is that see exploding kittens got it right by giving you extra balls because it's inevitable that you will lose small parts to a game especially a game like this where you're launching them and so like i have it here you actually there's two black balls there's uh five uh white balls and i don't know like maybe a uh let's see two four six eight there's ten yellow balls like it's it's just it's so good so thank you to do for doing that more companies need like it's what and maybe a penny for the mass production that companies do for games like it's maybe a penny to give a give another customer a couple extra parts it's not that much but it means so much to the people playing the game um and then also it wraps up into a perfect box with a built-in handle. I don't know if I mentioned that, but yes, that's why I said like briefcase because not only does it fold back up into a, into the box, it has a handle that you can just carry around. And when you hold the candle, it's a handle, candle, handle. It's one of those styles where like the flap goes over top and it has a hole in it, so the handle goes through. So that means like it, it physically can't open when you're holding the handle. They like they just logistically nailed the game. But all in all. I would recommend solid game and a very fun game that you could probably even play with kids too. I don't know how little because there are small, like the small balls and stuff like that. So it's a choking hazard to too small of kids, but you don't, you don't need to be an adult to play this game. It's fun. I think it actually says 10 plus. So it's, but it's very, it's a very fun. So there you guys go. There has been your full sort of history walkthrough and experience review of a game of cat and mouth by exploding kittens once again i would like to say thank you to exploding kittens for helping make this episode possible you guys have been amazing i've been working with and talking to them for a while now and everyone on the team is just absolutely wonderful and great people it's it's so great and when you talk to them they sign emails like like meow and stuff like that it's i love it but you know who else is great yes it's still you guys the audience Thank you, especially if you're one of those who have listened all the way through to the end. You guys mean the world, and especially the ones that listen to the end, you mean extra amount to me. But don't worry, there's no favorite children in this group. But I just wanted to reach out and say thank you. You guys mean a lot, and you guys really make up the podcast, quite honestly. I can I can sit here and blab all I want, but if you guys aren't enjoying it, then that's what matters to me. And so I want to hear what you guys liked how it can improve the podcast, and your own experiences with playing a game of Cat and Mouth. Uh, since this podcast is trying to get up and running still, rating it well and commenting and recommending it, all that kind of stuff really does help us kind of start to get our walking pace going because it is difficult to start up shows. But with that, I will leave you guys again. Go check out some of the other podcasts and content I make. Thank you so much for listening in. And to all of you out there, have a great game night.